Welcome to another episode of Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. I'm your host, Jacqueline Harper. Open Doors is a conversation about inviting God's love, presence, and power into our hearts. We are friends and teammates from Heart of the Father Ministries who share in the mission of setting captive hearts free through Unbound Ministry. We're so glad you could join us. Welcome back to our podcast, Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. We're so glad you could join us today. I'm really excited to have the blessing again of hosting with Neil Lozano. For those of you who don't know, Neil's the director, the executive director of Heart of the Father Ministries with over 40 years of helping people find freedom in Christ. And if you haven't yet heard this podcast, I do encourage you to go back to episode one where you hear Neil talk about his ministry, how this all happened, the call to freedom, and about his book, Unbound. So that's a real gem for those of you who haven't heard it. But today we're going to talk about repentance and faith, the first key of Unbound. And Neil's going to offer some important insight and reflection on this gift. In our Freedom in Christ conference, where we talk about Unbound— and help people respond to the gospel, we tell folks about an important moment in time. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus out of the desert and begins his public ministry with this proclamation, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. So Neil, at our Freedom in Christ conference, when we share that scripture, You ask folks to ponder this question, what do you think about when you think about repentance? So what did Jesus intend for us to know when he said, repent and believe the good news? I know that word repentance, you know, repent has a lot of connotations. Those of us who grew up in different church backgrounds might feel or think different things. But could you just tell us a little bit about the traps and pitfalls that folks often fall into when they think about repentance? Well, it's great to be back with you, Jacqueline, and uh, I love talking about the first key, which is repentance and faith, and there's so many things in, involved in it. The first one is is obvious, just repentance of sin, and and a lot of people immediately, when they hear the first key of Unbound, they think about repentance of their sins, and they think about have they sincerely or inadequately confess their sins? Have they had sincerity of heart mm-hmm. and humility when they've gone before the Lord and and confessed their sins or received the sacrament of reconciliation as an expression of that repentance? And certainly the repentance of sin is an important aspect of this first key. When Jesus said, repent and believe the good news, what he did is he tied together repentance and faith Mm -hmm. as one act of conversion. Uh, Repentance is a change of mind that is not focused on going back, but it's focused on going forward. Uh, Jesus was presenting the good news of the kingdom. So he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is here. 
And so people are alert, they're opening their eyes, and the Holy Spirit's working in their hearts, and they're, they're opening themselves up to the presence of the kingdom, and Jesus is offering them this opportunity to change their mind based on the reality of the kingdom of God that is right there as Jesus is speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, a change of mind that gives them an opportunity for a new life, a new way of living. This is, this is what was going on when Jesus was preaching. And we, we too, we enter into the kingdom of God by faith. And this was repeated through the scriptures, is repeated at Pentecost. The good news was proclaimed the same with the same pattern. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, repent, turn, change your mind, and be baptized. Enter into Christ. Change the way you live. Surrender fully to Jesus Christ. You know, Neil, I've so often heard you speak of this, but I'm always struck by how you mentioned Jesus tied those two together, repentance and faith. Going forward, which I think of faith as going forward, and the focus is not backward. It's just so good. In our Repentance and Faith talk at our Freedom in Christ conference, you mentioned three things in particular that are key aspects, parts of repentance, repentance and faith. One is conversion, two, turning from sin, and three, deception. We'd love to hear you tell a little bit more about what you think about those and just, you know, your reflections a little bit deeper on conversion especially. A lot of us listening have had an encounter with the Lord already, and we don't often know what, is, what does it mean to kind of repent again or to have a conversion again. So shed some light on that for us. So I would like to focus my comments today on the point of conversion. Recently, I was reading in the Catholic Catechism a section on interior repentance, and it really describes the meaning of the first key. And I I would like to share some excerpts from it. They're very short, and I encourage the listeners to read it for themselves. It's sections 1430 to 32. And it just just really would help anybody that's interested in learning how to receive or to minister the first key of Unbound Mm -hmm. to, uh, to really focus in in the proper way. Section 1430 begins. It says, Jesus' call to conversion and penances, like that of the prophets before him, does not aim first at outward works like sackcloth and ashes, fasting and mortification, but at the conversion of the heart, the interior Mm -hmm. conversion. And so many of us think of our sins and we've, we've got to suffer sackcloth and ashes and all that's very appropriate but all of that grows out of this interior change, this grace that God gives. In section 1431, it says, Interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with all our hearts, an end of sin, a turning away from evil, with repugnance towards the evil actions we have committed. Then it says, This conversion of heart is accompanied by salutary pain and sadness. Mm. 
which the fathers referred to, and I'm not going to read the Latin words, <laughs> but, but the fathers referred to it as, as affliction of spirit and repentance of heart. So I think it's so interesting to think about how conversion of heart is accompanied or preceded by pain and sadness. When someone comes for unbound ministry, they are recognizing their need. Otherwise, no one would call or come up front and (laughs) say, pray for me and I want to share with you what's going on. That need that has been exposed through the pain and sadness motivates them to make a response. See, conversion is a grace. It's, first of all, God's work. So we can't make it happen. We can't just find the right person to pray for us, and we can't make it happen. It's a grace, but we need to recognize that, that God releases that grace on all of us, that God wants to bring every human being to that point of conversion. When someone comes to us for ministry, we recognize that whatever pain or sadness that they're sharing about may be an indicator that this is a moment. Hmm. This is a moment or the moment that the Lord has prepared their heart for an encounter with the love of God. Amen. And so we never skip over the first key. It's like you might think that forgiveness is very powerful and renunciation is very powerful, but we never want to miss that first moment. Even if the person is has indicated that they know the love of God, we don't know about the grace of God and how people are being led deeper into the love of God Mm -hmm. through the situation they're in. So we never skip over the first key. Now, in section 1432, it, it just really speaks about this. It says, The human heart is heavy and hardened. God must give man a new heart. <laughs> Isn't that good news? It's great. God's got to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Conversion is, first of all, the work of the grace of God who makes our hearts return to him. Restore us to thyself, O Lord, that we may be restored. I'm just just feeling God's grace right now, just like remembering how much God's grace has pursued me. It is discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and the weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. You know, that's, that's such a gift. Mm-hmm to be so in love with God that you don't want to offend him. You don't want to do anything that would come between you or separate you. And I, I know sometimes I, I fall into sin and I feel guilty or remorseful, and and I just feel like uh, I feel messed up for about a day. <laughs> you know, I, I, I repent, make the intention to follow through on sincere, sincere repentance, and yet it's just kind of a distraction. It just kind of hangs out there. And, and separates us from God, God wants to give us new hearts. He does. <laughs> and uh, I think we can both testify to that, that he's done that many times. But in Unbound Ministry, what we want to do is we really want to proclaim this truth. We want to teach people that God wants to give us new hearts and that our personal response is needed uh, for each individual to receive the gift that God has given them. 
the first key I see is a is an opportunity to give people a chance to verbally express their will and surrender to the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Verbal expression, expression of the will, is essential. Hmm. The Holy Spirit comes. He, uh, we have to welcome him, mm-hmm. and we have to respond to him, and he's so ready to change our hearts. When I lead people in prayer in the, the first key, I often lead them to look at the crucified Christ and to visualize the blood of Jesus that was poured out for them. They have been purchased. They have been ransomed. It's paid. Their ransom has been paid. Their sins have been taken from them. It's because of his blood poured out for them. And as they encounter Jesus, as they encounter the crucified Christ and, and look upon his blood and, and, and recognize what his blood has done for them, then it's time to walk away as a new creation, leaving their sins mm. with him. Yes. The sins he purchased. So this one final quote from, from the Catechism I, w- I want to share that it just really uh, affirmed me in, in actually that prayer that I, I usually pray. It says, The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. And then there's a quote from St. Clement of Rome. Let us fix our eyes on Christ's blood and understand how precious it is to his Father. For poured out for our salvation, it has brought to the whole world the grace of repentance. Wow. Amen. <laughs> Let's fix our eyes on Christ's blood. Uh, how precious it is to the Father. Thank you, Lord. That it has been poured out for the salvation and offered to the whole world. This is the grace that's being offered. And we, so we can say we know what he wants to do. We know the will of God. We just don't know God's timing. And we don't know God's plan for each individual. And we don't know if everyone's going to say yes mm-hmm. to his grace. But in Unbound Ministry, we're proclaiming the gospel and continually inviting a response mm-hmm. at many different levels to the grace of God. You know, I can't help but think about that word response. And I like that you just said on many different levels to the grace of God. I um, have a couple of mom- moments in my life where uh, sadness, pain and sadness, definitely brought me to a place where I, <laughs> I wanted I wanted God. I wanted to surrender to Him. I did that as a young teen. And then pretty significantly again in my first year of college, and it was the pain that led me to the Lord where He showed me the hardness of my heart. I don't think I was always aware of the hardness in my heart. You know, I wasn't really aware of how rebellious I was, which is why I needed to surrender my life again to the Lord in, in college. And of course, there's been many responses of surrender. But recently, in the past few days, past week, we faced a couple different uh, conflicts, issues, challenges in our extended family that left me just overwhelmed. You know, I'm, I'm a fairly happy person. I'm a let it slide off my back, generally speaking. But what I felt like I was being asked to do seemed insurmountably impossible and also brought, kind of brought up a lot of communication issues in my marriage and like fear of the future. And I could just go on and on about all the 
turmoil that was going on in my heart, but really just left me weeping and kind of feeling incapable. So I am, you know, here I am, I do this ministry with the five keys for people and yet was sort of struggling to kind of repent, to go to turn to the Lord. So I did on a Sunday after church and I just wept before the Lord and it was in that bringing my pain and sadness to Him that He so graciously revealed the hardness of my heart and I was able to repent. And boy, you know, I thought I was going to spend a lot of time forgiving people, but I spent a lot more time repenting in that that prayer time of the, going through the five keys with the Lord. And what is so amazing to me is that God wants to give us new hearts. And he, as Neil said, it's Him. He does it. You know, I didn't change my heart. He did. And somehow I was able to have grace for this challenge that I didn't know existed before. So the story's not over yet. I'm going to probably have to do a lot more repenting and forgiving, but just that response being kind of brought on by the pain and sadness, uh, it's, just, it's just really amazing. And I thank you so much, Neil, for giving me more insight about what happened in that moment. Well, the, the hope for all of us is ongoing conversion <laughs> and uh, remembering back to when we first met him mm-hmm. and the pattern that, of our life and the pattern of what was going on in our heart, how it led us to him. Uh, that pattern is repeated in many different ways. And sometimes it takes a little while to realize that that he's doing something new in us and leading us to something greater. And so thanks for sharing that with us, Jacqueline. You are welcome. And yes, this this pattern is definitely uh, visible and real to me. So like pain, sadness, then fear, <laughs> and giving that to the Lord, being able to see the hardness of my own heart. So... So we talked a little bit about those initial aspects of repentance. We touched on conversion, turning from sin and deception. I'd love for you, Neil, if you wouldn't mind to just kind of touch a little bit more on the idea of deception, because that's not always something we think about or we're taught about when we are taught about repentance. Interior repentance can be expressed in many and various ways. And one of the issues is ongoing repentance of sin. And deception is part of every sin. So I'd just like to make a comment or two about sin and repentance of sin, and then I'll make a comment about deception, and then we can then we can try to bring this together to, to end. Sin is disobedience. We're led to have sorrow for our sins. But we should not mistake sorrow or feelings of regret for repentance. And this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. They, they think they have repented, turned from sin, which means turning from sin and having a change of mind, when really what they're doing is just really feeling bad about themselves, accusing themselves and blaming themselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, we read, Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. Mm -hmm. For you became sorrowful as God intended, so that you were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Mm -hmm. So we can all kind of judge it is our sorrow leading to life, to salvation, to freedom, to repentance, real repentance, 
or is it just leading us down a dark path to death, to self-condemnation and, and self-criticism and, and, and to thinking so little of ourselves as if God could not find something in me to love? Now, part of that struggle that we have with sin is because we have come under deception. That deception about our, our value and God's love and the truth of, of what he wants to do in our lives and that he has called us and he has a plan and a purpose for us. See, every sin, part of every sin is deception. This is how sin entered the world from the beginning. And Jesus confirmed it when he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And now, we can't use that as an excuse because we know enough to be responsible. But we're not fully aware of the implications of sin and how deeply we're offending God and hurting others and hurting ourselves. This means that the father of lies has had his hand in every sin through direct or indirect deception. These lies need to be exposed to the light of truth. They need to be recognized and renounced so that you can take that great leap of faith forward into the love of the Father. So what this points to, Jacqueline, is that although the first key is so powerful and there's no greater deliverance than coming to Jesus and surrendering to him, there are other things that can be obstacles to us really surrendering. One is those deceptions, those lies that we have swallowed that, are, that have gripped our hearts mm-hmm. and, and just keep us from believing, keep us from trusting. And so we need to, we need to learn about lies and, and renunciation and, and to identify the, the things hidden in our hearts. We need to identify areas of unforgiveness and the failure to, to recognize that we're children of God and we stand with His authority against our enemies And we need, as we've talked about before, we need to really come to the Father and receive his blessing Mm -hmm. and to know that we're children of God. And and that kind of wraps this whole process together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's freedom. It's freedom, not burden. It's freedom, not regret. It's an invitation for repentance. I'm so struck by the words you use where it's an invitation. I was thinking about this the other day, I have some invitations to weddings this spring on my refrigerator, and we got invited to our neighbors for dinner, and it's exciting, and the invitation is such a great thing. Kids love birthday party invitations, and we all do. So just think about what invitation this is, <laughs> an invitation to dinner with the Lord, an mm. invitation to His celebration of life, life free from fear and guilt and shame and all those things that weigh us down. Repentance is an invitation. I just have to keep letting those words sink in. So, Neil, you mentioned leading people to response in Unbound Ministry in the first key, and I just think it could be great to have you lead all of us to respond to the Lord, all of our listeners today. We would just be so blessed. I would love to, Jacqueline. The scripture that we start every podcast with comes to my mind, uh, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and, and we'll eat together, is basically what it says. We'll, we'll have that intimacy of, 
of dinner together. And that's what you're talking about, going to your neighbors. It's it's not just going to their house. It's they're opening their hearts to you by inviting you into their family, inviting you into their lives. And that's what Jesus does for each of us. So as I begin, I just invite all the listeners to just to imagine Jesus uh, standing at the door and knocking and listen. Do you hear his voice? You can open the door. And one way to open the door is, is just to come as you are. Come in your need, in your weakness, and welcome him. And you, you might just greet him by, by just, just saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. <laughs> Lord, I can't believe you're in my house. I can't believe you've come to eat with me because I am so unworthy. But Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all those things that I've done and all the things I've thought and all the ways I've doubted you and mistrusted you and accused you. And I'm sorry, Lord. But Lord, I know that you died for me. You took all my sins. Now I invite you, I invite each of you just to to gaze upon the crucified Christ and see his blood being poured out. See the love on his face for you. And he, he wants all your sins and all your failures and all your mistakes and all your blunders and just turn them over and thank him that he took your old life and your old self and he took all your junk. He paid the price for it. He gladly paid the price for your sins. So now I just just leave it there. Sometimes we walk away from confessing our sins and we take everything back again. And But today... Just decide, I'm walking away, and I'm going to walk away as a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to follow him, and in doing so, I will walk as a new creation. Please, Holy Spirit, transform me from the inside out. Give me that interior repentance. Give me that new heart. Or maybe I should say, thank you for the new heart. That's the source that I'm going to live out of. And I encourage you to walk away with thanksgiving and joy, for Jesus has indeed done this for you. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Neil. That was, that was just amazing. You know, listener, if you are touched by the Lord today or move towards repentance or have a testimony of experience Him, his love and freedom. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at heartofthefather.com. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, listeners. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about taking hold of the freedom you have been given in Christ, check out our website, heartofthefather.com, and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Matt, Jen, Rachel, and Jacqueline saying goodbye until next time. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me. Revelation 3.20